Book, a show where you hear the best interviews from the best guests in all of professional wrestling and beyond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this great interview coming up next. And as always, you're welcome, and let the Revisionist Revolution begin. Welcome back, fans. Welcome back to Behind the Book. I have the honor of sitting down tonight with the AIWE Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, James Anthony. James, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good, sir. I appreciate you having me on. And quick correction before we get started. Yeah. It's AIWF. Don't want nobody to say anything. Oh, I, I, my bad. I miswrote it then. <laughs> Said the wrong, you know, company thing, and change and correct them. So, <laughs> put, put that out there. I don't want to get you in trouble. It's A I W F. Oh, I definitely so. wrote it wrong then. <laughs> this, but thank you for having me on, man. I'm excited to be on here tonight. Oh, definitely excited to have you. You know, I got um, I got hooked up with you. Watch a lot of your stuff through uh, through our mutual friend Jay Z Flair. And if anybody knows Jay Z Flair, he's a friend of everybody, I guess. So. <laughs> Yeah. And that he was going to be my manager for the evening. Uh huh. I blew up. And then I really didn't realize how popular he was until I posted on Twitter that I wanted to do a lot more podcasts. And uh, like I said, he sent me in your direction. Yeah. He sent me in another guy's direction. So uh, I don't know what Jay Z's doing, but he just needs to keep it up because he's helping out a lot of different guys on the indie scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, he sent you. I believe it was uh, Chris Rucker too from down in. Uh, uh, I believe he's out of Texas. I believe, but um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's definitely he's he's in a league of his own. You know what I mean? He's definitely, but very humble at the same time. <laughs> oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, now is he kind of like your, uh, you know? kind of once-in-a-while thing as far as managing, or is he kind of, quote-unquote, being booked that way? No, that was our first time um, ever. Actually, that was the first time we ever met, to be honest. Um, yeah. He said that we met years ago at Gouge uh, out here in North Carolina. We probably did. I just don't remember. But uh, we've been following each other on Facebook. Not Facebook, excuse me, on Twitter yeah. for about a good year and a half now. And, uh, you know, we've talked off and on. We've connected on Snapchat and uh, talked off and on on there. So, we, uh, we we pretty, you know, have become pretty close over the past year and a half. He follows a lot of my stuff. You know, I follow a lot of his stuff. And, uh, you know, I told him we definitely got to stay in contact now and uh, try to do some more events in the future. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, like I said, as much as he, you know, he's out there, he promotes himself like no other person that I've ever met. And, uh, you know, like I said before, it's very, as popular as he is, he's very, very humble at the same time. Maybe it's, yes. maybe it's that Southern thing. <laughs> uh, it must be. <laughs> like I said, whatever he's doing, keep it up. Matter of fact, not only just keep it up, 
you know, show me what you're doing so I can be as popular as you are. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're from what I've seen, you know, between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. So thank God for social media today because I, I, I would have never got to, you know, have you on and talk to you, you know, and uh, have you on the show. But, you know, from what I can see, you are definitely, you're, you're in that right direction, my man. You're definitely putting on hell of matches and hell of a show and hopefully we'll see uh you know only the sky's the limit well i appreciate all that and yeah you know i use my social media for the good i don't put my personal business on there i keep that private i'm a very private person mm-hmm. uh, i only post about my wrestling where i'm gonna be at what am i doing i promote my youtube channel i'm only promoting uh who i'm wrestling and where they can find me and that's about as far as it goes you know um you know, I don't really put none of my personal business out there on the internet. Like I said, I'm a very private person. Um, I just try to keep everything I do strictly wrestling. If I do post something, if I do post something that's non-wrestling, it's um, you know something about my family or it's me trying to be funny and get a couple of likes and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. But you know, you'll never see me cursing on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or none of that stuff. You'll never see me post any kind of uh, political stuff. I don't do all that. You know, I'm strictly using all my social media for the good, and that's the way I want to keep it. Yeah, you know, there's so much bad stuff out there as far as social media goes nowadays that, you know, you got to be, in general, you got to be a lot of ca- some cautious sometimes about some things, but, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, it's either wrestling, wrestling, or wrestling. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, I help out at a school out here, RWC, okay. uh, Ring Wars Carolina, and I remember... I tell those guys, those young guys all the time, you know, you got to be careful what you post on social media because it can come back and bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. You know, it can cost you a booking. It can cost you a job. It, it, you never know. You never know who's watching you. Yeah. You never know who's um, trying to keep track of you. And you never know. Something you might post today can affect you wrestling somewhere for WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor in five, ten years from now. Yeah. You know, so you just got to be careful. You know, of some of the things that you say and some of the things you might do on social media these days. Yeah, especially in, in especially in professional wrestling, you see a lot of these kids that are uh, even like professional sports. You see a lot of these kids are getting drafted to the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball, whatever. And you see everybody they try to dig up something on them from back in you know ten five. Five six years ago or whatever when they're in high school, it's doing something on Twitter saying, "Oh this or that." I'm like, really? Are we are we that you know? <coughs> gonna, excuse me, coming down hard on these kids, you know? But well, you know the thing is, you know, like a lot of these guys don't realize <coughs> that that's that's the one thing that, that WWE does um, nowadays. I remember when I did the Evolve tryout back in October. You know, that was one of the things that uh, Robbie Brookside had brought up that, you know, they're looking at your social medias now. They're, they're trying to learn a little bit about you. They're trying to see who you are before they sign you, you know, so you have to be careful what you post. And that's why I tell these guys, be careful what you do. Be careful who you're hanging out with, because something that wasn't a big deal to you might be a big deal to them, you know, and, you know, you don't want to have an opportunity pass you by because, made a stupid mistake five ten years ago now we've all done it we've all been young you know i've made some mistakes out there but you know everybody grows up you just try to move past it but you know like i said you just you just never know 
what you might have done five, ten years ago when you were in high school or growing up, how that can affect you today in today's wrestling society. You know, a lot of people are very sensitive these days. <clears throat> a lot of subject, a lot of subjects are very sensitive these days. You know, you got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful what you post. You know, because uh, like I said, you just never know who's watching. So. Yeah. Yeah. Without without a doubt. Without a doubt. No, you got a big show coming up this Saturday, uh, the 18th. Uh, you're putting your title on the line. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I'll, be defend- I'll be defending the AIWF Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship against Kevin Phoenix. Uh, me and Kevin have wrestled several times before in different little matches for the AIWF. Um, you know, we've had really good matches. Uh, we wrestled for, uh, we've done some things. Uh, I'm sorry, you probably hear my little boy in the background there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's it. Hey, baby Isaiah's welcome anytime. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> um, my fiance, she's trying to give us bottle real fast. He doesn't um, disturb the podcast. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm excited about wrestling Kevin. We haven't wrestled in a while. Uh, he's a former AIWF uh, Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion. And, um, you know, he's trying to become a four-time champion, but, you know, I'm still in my first reign. I've been defending the belt, um, you know, pretty much everywhere I can. I just defended it this past weekend, mm-hmm. and um, and Rockethead, North Carolina, was very successful. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the match. Um, it's going to be a little different because the last time we wrestled was a couple of years ago. He's come a long way. I've come a long way. And um, I just think everybody's going to be – I think everybody's going to be very, very entertained this coming weekend when they come out to Mount Airy, North Carolina to see this championship match. Oh, the little, man, little man's hungry, huh? Yeah, that's what she's, uh, she's about to feed us. She's trying to, she's trying to hurry up. Hey, it's all good. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. Like I told you before, my man, you know, I got, wait, wait till he's seven and then you can actually start talking back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> She keeps, my fiance keeps saying she's so sorry. No, it's all good, uh, man, you know. It's all good. Yeah, that's what I keep telling her. It's fine. It's cool. It's <laughs> it's, cool. If, if it's one thing that I've learned with podcasting, it's pets and babies sell podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got his bottom now, so he should be good. Oh, there you go. He'll probably be down in that thing in uh, no time, but... So on that note, it's a nice transition with that. You know, how's... You know, you know you and I have been going back and forth on Twitter about, you know... With the baby, baby Isaiah being born and all that stuff. How's fatherhood treating you? You know, I've, I've been telling everybody, um, I never knew you could love somebody this much in my life. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you're everybody's first love as a son, your first love is your, your parents, mostly your mom. You know, um, Hannah, uh, my fiance, she's literally my first true love um i really never dated like that growing up yeah um i was kind of like you know i kind of stayed to myself as a kid i was very quiet i didn't really go out a lot i didn't party a lot like that serious yeah and then uh, we found out we're having a baby you know I i was i was just so excited um you know we miscarried a couple times um, and it was very hard and very difficult, and, um, you know, it affected our relationship a little bit. We took a little bit of a break for about almost two years. Uh, we got back together last year, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we just worked everything out, and, you know, she, um, you know, she, we found out she was pregnant, 
And, you know, I didn't get excited in the beginning because of the miscarriages and stuff like that. But, you know, I just said, you know, God, if it's in your plan, if it's meant to be, you know, um, you know, I'm all for it. And, you know, those uh, those five weeks turned to nine weeks. Those nine weeks turned to three months. And here we are now, a week later. He's mm-hmm. here. He's healthy. And I just um, – I'm just having the time of my life. I, I can't complain. I, I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I don't care that I'm not getting much sleep. It doesn't bother <laughs> me. You know, not at all. Like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I was up with him. I think he got up, he got up around like three o'clock this morning, and then he got up again like six, and he finally got up at eight. And I just finally woke up, and we just went out to the living room. I put on some TV, gave his bottle, and let him lay on my chest. And you know, I just, I just enjoy this. I'm just enjoying this because, um, you know, like I said, he's already a week old, so it's already uh-huh. going by fast. Yeah. Well, and like I told you before, too, I said, look, it's just, you, you know, you're thinking a week's going by fast. You know, it's like I blink and my, my son's just turned seven. And it's just, it's like, holy crap, where, where did this, you know, where did this time go? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things now he's all about, he's sitting there watching wrestling with me or he wants to go to a ball get baseball game or something. I said, sure, why not? Let's get out of the house and, you know, have... Your mom can have a quiet house for a couple hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm just, like I said, you know, he's already a week old. And I was already telling my fiance to, you know, just thinking a year from now, he'll be a year old. So don't say that. Don't rush it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, believe it, it, it's just, it's, believe, before you guys know it, it's definitely, it's going to be there. You know, it's going to be that, okay, now he's a month. Then he's six months, and it's like, holy, holy crap, he's he's a year already. What the hell? Where the hell did the time go? You know, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, it it could be one of those things. My brother has um, uh, my has. I have a nephew that's three. He'll be four in August, and a niece just turned one in in January, and then they just found out that they're having their third. That's going to be due next January, and I'm like. Man, you guys don't, you know, you're not like stopping. Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all good, but you know, her and I, her, I have two younger brothers, and she has two older brothers, so we come from a bigger families. But it's just like, man, you know, it's yeah. you got to play. You know, you can play, you know, two on one defense, and you got to play zone, and then you got to play really good defense. Then it's like, holy crap, you know, you got. You got three kids on one, on two, <laughs> but uh, eh, you know, it is what it is, though. <laughs> so you know, back you know, you know, you started training back in uh, July or excuse me, June of 2010 with uh, with a very with a trainer that's up in NXT now, Norman Smiley. Um. What's something, you know, how did that experience go for you, training with him? And, you know, what's something that you kind of take away from that that, you know, you take from show to show? Oh, uh, you know, uh, I graduated high school in 2005 mm-hmm. uh, from Northern Vance High School in North Carolina. And, you know, um, I, I, I didn't really have the desire to go to college. I wanted to, but... You know, I just, I, I never really pushed myself like I should have when I was in high school. And that's one of my big pushing myself 
should work harder. You know, I always just did enough just to get by. I was more concerned with, you know, trying to be the cool class clown kind of guy. And, you know, I, I kind of regret that, you know, you know, being 32, you know, I look at that now and I'm just like, you know, if I would have just tried a little bit harder and if I would have just applied myself more like I knew I could have, you know, I could have went to college, I could have did something and, you know, I still could have had wrestling. But I graduated high school. I kept working at my uh, high school job. Uh, they actually promoted me to the mornings uh, to a full-time shift, working Monday through Friday. Uh, I did that for two years. And then I went to work in a warehouse for another two years. And, you know, all of my friends were graduating from college. All of my friends were getting married and having kids. And, you know, I just wanted to do something with my life. You know, I wanted to just, um, you know, I just wanted to do to just to do something to say that, you know, I'm doing something with my life. And like I said earlier, I had girlfriends off and on, uh, you know, throughout, you know, throughout my, my, my years, my 20s. And then finally, I just decided that I wanted to go and live the dream of a pro wrestler. So, and that one day, I think I was on the WWE site, and I saw what they were doing that uh, beginner's class for FCW. I, uh, it was a $1,200 class. But you had to send in $200 deposit to deserve a spot because they only took 20 people. So I sent my money in. I would always call to make sure they got it. Uh, Steve Curran, who everybody might know as Skinner, mm-hmm. um, he uh, called me back to they got my deposit. They were looking forward to um, asking what the class would consist of. And he said it would consist of like all the basic and uh, getting us ready. You know, to start our career in wrestling, I, I asked him what I needed to work on before coming. He was getting good shape uh, and just be ready to work because it would be probably one of the toughest things that we do. Um, so I moved to Tampa, Florida in June of 2010. I moved with my aunt and uncle, my aunt and uncle, and they actually helped me pay for the remainder of my of my schooling. So they helped me pay a thousand dollars. I just paid them back. Because uh, I got a job when I got out there. I worked at the YMCA, and I paid them back every check until I paid them off. Um, the train was really good. Um, you know, we trained from June of 2010 to September of 2010. Um, it, it was really cool to learn from Steve and Norman. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve was, you know, scattering WWE, and then he also did the Dorn gimmick for yeah. the bit. Uh, Norman, you know, everybody knows Norman from WCW, um, hardcore, WCW hardcore champion, had a really good career, did some stuff for TNA, and now he's a head trainer at, um, at the WWE. And, you know, Norman's thing was, his main thing he always taught us was to be humble. You know, be humble, be respectful, you know, always be willing, always just learn. You know, he also harped on wearing knee pads because he never wore knee pads in wrestling. Mm. And he said both of his knees were pretty much shot. So he always encouraged us to wear knee pads to save our knees in the long run. Um, you know, he really couldn't do much because his back was shot. You know, so he really couldn't, like, um, he really couldn't bend down much. But he could still go. You know, mm. That's the sad part. You know, that, I mean, he could still go in the ring. Um but I learned a lot from him and Steve, you know, um, they taught us the basic moves that you would need to learn. Um, you know, uh, we asked Steve on our last night, um, which our last night consisted of having your own show in front of friends and family. So everybody in our class, we got to pick a person we wanted to wrestle. Um, 
we got to invite our friends and family. It was a free show. They taped the show for you, and they gave you a DVD of it. Hmm. So uh, I still have that actual DVD actually at my house, and it's something that I plan to show Isaiah when he gets older. Show him about that because that was my very first wrestling match. Would have been that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you just pretty much from there, you went out onto the independent scene. Uh, we wanted to stay. I really wanted to stay. I actually wanted to train there on the regular, but because I wasn't assigned talent and because of the liabilities, you know, they couldn't allow it. You know, they really, really wish they could, but they just couldn't. So uh, I pretty much had to learn on my own. Um, but like I've told people over the years, luckily for me, you know, even though I wasn't able to train at a regular facility on the regular Luckily for me, I got on decent shows to where I had people that would teach me and they would help me, you know, in the ring. They'd teach me locker room etiquette. They would teach me what to do when you got to a show, you know. Um, Steve and Norman taught when you walk in a locker room, you say hello, you shake everybody's hand. Even if you saw each other the day before, you still walk in, say hello, shake everybody's hand. Um, you ask what can help to be done with the show. You ask, you know, if they need help putting up the ring, you set the ring up. They need help set up with the sound. You helped them set up the sound. Um, whatever they needed your help to do, you know, that's what you did. Mm. You know, so luckily for me, you know, they taught me that. I went on to other independent shows and, um, you know, they taught me something. I learned from a lot of good veterans um, that really saw a lot of potential in me. Um, I just really enjoyed it, man. I, I, I mean, it's it's hard to believe that this September coming up, it'll be nine years that I've been a professional wrestler. I mean, who would ever thought that a 23-year-old from Raleigh, North Carolina, would have would be this successful at age 32? There you go. You know, like I said before, you know, the sky's the sky's the limit, my man. You know, and that's I think you're in that hotbed of uh, hotbed of professional wrestling, like you mentioned with Gouge and. You know, obviously you have the AIWF and you have all those great promotions down there. And you even go even south. You go, you go to <clears throat> get into, excuse me, you get into Georgia and stuff like that. You get Southern Fried, you get Southern Honor, all that good stuff down there. But, um, yeah, it's, you think, you know, be, being up here in the Northeast, you get a lot of different, you know, a lot of different wrestling up here. You get a lot of the Canadian wrestlers coming down and stuff and, you know, definitely de- different styles, but... Now, are you, you know, you are you strictly being booked uh, in North Carolina there, or are you kind of looking to branch out? No, I do a lot of uh, branching out. You know, I, I, I felt like, I kind of feel like a lot of the North Carolina audience knows who I am, you know, so I feel like I've kind of made my mark in North Carolina, so... I like to branch out as much as I can. You know, I'm in Tennessee a lot. Matter of fact, I'll be in Tennessee after this weekend. I'll be in Tennessee the next uh, two weekends for a couple of shows. Um, I'll actually be going to Pennsylvania in a couple of weeks to debut for a show called Fight Society. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be heading back down to uh, West Virginia and Virginia in a couple of weeks. Some shows coming up out there. Um <laughs> I'm trying to get on to some other stuff out in North Carolina. I'm trying to get on to a couple of shows that I haven't been to yet. I'm trying to get on some stuff up north in the New York area, New Jersey area. I really want to start doing some stuff up there because I have family up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on getting my passport so I can start traveling internationally. Uh, I got some stuff coming up in Florida over the summer. I got some stuff coming up um, 
in the uh, I'm trying. Oh, well, I actually have some friends trying to help me get on some shows in the Georgia area mm-hmm. that I've helped get on in North Carolina. So I mean, you know, I like I like to really branch out. You know, I like to really. I, I don't want to just be known as a North Carolina wrestler. I want to be known as a not look not so local kind of guy. You know, I, I like to be out there on the road. I like to get on the shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I really like to travel as much as I can, but. You know, now with Isaiah being here, you know, I kind of want to stay close to home, mm-hmm. excuse me, as much as I can uh, these next several months and everything. Um, you know, I'm still taking bookings, but, you know, like I said, I, I kind of took a, I was supposed to take a week off this past week, but uh, I went and did a benefit show for a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, this week I didn't, I didn't take, I got one show, and that's the AIWF show. And then pretty much next week I'll be back to my, uh, Know, my normal schedule but uh, i just wanted to just really stay close to home with him these first couple of weeks yeah. just to spend time with him and stuff like that yeah no yeah, no i get that i'm actually uh i'm in upstate new york up here in rochester so i know a few of the guys that i'm involved with a um independent organization up here called upw upstate pro wrestling i do i do all their um all their backstage interview work and you know we see a lot you know, we haven't had a lot of guys come up from down south, but, you know, even more down towards, like you said, New Jersey, downstate, New York, Pennsylvania, that's that, you know, that's his, that that's that hotbed down there a little bit more for a lot of the, uh, you know, the su- southern talent coming up. But, so, you know, you mentioned going from promotion to promotion, whether it be Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, what have you. Do you tend to keep your... You know, your move set the same, or do you kind of, uh, you know, switch it up from promotion to promotion so, you know, people don't see the same thing over and over? Oh, no, I like to switch up uh, my move sets a lot. Because um, I've actually gone back and watched a lot of my matches and realized I've done the same move sets, the same sequences back to back for the same shows. And it's like, you know what? I got to start adding some things. Like, I, I've gotten to the point now where. I won't hit all of my big moves. You know, I, I, I'll do something else and everything. Um, because, so like you said, you know, you don't want the fans to to just feel like, oh, he only has four or five moves. You know, I want them to see, hey, I can do other stuff. You know, so now it's to a point where I won't even hit a certain move in a match. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do something totally different. And then if I come back to that show, I might try to squeeze it in there. Um, but, you know, sometimes you don't need it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just don't need to do it, you know, depending on who you wrestle. Like this past weekend, I didn't use none of my big moves because I didn't need to do it. You know, it wasn't that kind of a match. You know, I didn't have to pull out all the big spots and all the big moves. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't necessary, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes you got to, you know, that's like what they say, less is more. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, sometimes you got to learn, like, hey, I don't need to do my big moves. Or I don't need to do this or that. I'll save it for another show. I'll save it for another time or Next time I come here, I'll add this in to show the fans, oh, no, i never seen that before. That was cool type deal. So, you know, I like to switch it up a little bit. I'm always, you know, trying to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big uh, old school wrestling fan. So I'm always going back, trying to watch some old school stuff, trying to steal some things, maybe trying to bring something back that hasn't been seen or done in years. Um, you know, just so fans can see, like, hey, he can do other things, you know. He's more than just a cruiserweight high flyer. He can do this type of stuff. He can wrestle this kind of style. So, you know, I like to keep everything. I like, I like to keep people in suspense. You know, I like to make them know. Have them figuring out, trying to wonder what all I'm going to do uh, when they see me. 
Now, you said you're a big old school wrestling fan. Who's few of those guys, few of those promotions that you grew up watching and you could try to, like, have those movesets like you're using now after those guys? Well, you know, I got into it around WrestleMania 6. Uh, my uncle um, used to uh, sit me down. He would watch it with me. He was a big uh, WCW fan and a WWF fan. But he loved um, he loved all his black wrestlers, so he was a big fan of Doom, uh, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. He loved Doom. That was his that was his tag team. Um, I wasn't a big WCW guy back in the day. I wasn't a big WCW fan growing up. So I'm kind of trying to catch up on it now on the network. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to trying to catch up on like all the Nitro that I missed growing up. Um, but you know, back in the day, I was a big WWF fan. I mean, that's all I wanted to watch. Is all I knew. Um, I was a big Randy Savage fan. Uh, I was a big Hogan fan, big Warrior fan. Um, I might get, I mean, I, I said this on my last podcast. I might get in trouble for this one. I was a big Dusty Rhodes fan when he was in the WWF because that's all I knew yeah. at four years old. That's the only Dusty Rhodes I knew. I didn't know about that NWA Dusty Rhodes till I got older. So that's the only, that's the only Dusty Rhodes that I knew of. I was a big Bret Hart fan. Um, you know, I was a big fan of, like, Ric Flair, Ric Steamboat, those kind of guys. I like to watch a lot of their stuff, steal a lot of their things, try to make some things my own, try to do some sequences my way. Um, you know, I mean, but, you know, like I said, it, you know, I was a really big Hogan fan most of the time. You know, uh, Hogan was that guy. You know, um, so that's all I cared about. I remember I had the Hogan shirts. I had the Hogan uh, wrestling man and, you know, my mom and dad went out there and got me the Hogan. You know, I got to meet a WWF title play belt so I could look like Hogan. And, you know, I was a big fan of uh, flexing my muscles in the mirror and trying to be like Hogan and everything back in the day. So I still do it now at 32. So, you know. Well, you, you, <laughs> but, um, you have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, back then I didn't know what I was doing. But now I'm like, hey, that's what Hogan meant by that kind of pose and stuff like that. So. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I just, I'm just a big, I'm a big fan of that old school wrestling. I, mean, I, I can watch that old school wrestling all day. I mean, you know, I mean, I love the new school stuff. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love what my generation is doing. But, you know, sometimes you just want to, you just want to sit back and relax. And, you know, you want to watch a story. You want to just sit back and, you know, you know, understand why they did certain moves. You want to understand why they went into certain sequences the way they did. You know, and, and that's what I like to do. I like to just sit back and sit back relax and study, you know, see what they did, you know. Um, I like to enjoy the product, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, that's why I'm a big old school wrestling fan, you know. It's just, it, it, it's always going to have a special place in my heart, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things I, with, with the revisionist booking that I have now, it's we go back, Michael and I, my co-host, go back and watch these past pay-per-views, and I try to do, you know, all the... A little bit of the older stuff where, you know, I, I you know, started like 89 going up to like 92, whether that be WCW, NWA or WWF, just because at that time, like you said, you, they tell stories, they have time to tell stories where you get more towards the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, they're just trying to throw it against the wall and seeing if it sticks half the time, you know, so, you know. We go back and we watch, you know, you go back and watch Great American Bash of 89 with Flair and Steamboat. And you just, 
the first that's that type of match where I can just watch it over and over again and still pop every time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know, like I said, I, you know, I, I can watch that kind of stuff all day. You know, I'll be honest, I haven't really had the chance to sit down and watch a Flair Steamboat match yet, but you know, I, I really, I might get a chance to do it one day this week, being that you know I'm home, I'm home off of work mm-hmm. uh, with my son this week. Um, I might sit down and get a chance to do it one day later this week because I heard I've heard they've had some really really good matches. Um, I really want to just uh, start from the beginning. I want to watch. I heard they had like three three or four different type of matches, so I want to watch all three mm-hmm. or four because I've heard all of them are all different. None of them were the same. They were all different. They all told a different story. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I want to. That's what I'm really trying to learn and teach myself is to tell a different story. I don't want to tell the same story every match. I mm-hmm. try to tell something different that's what i teach a lot of the younger guys you know when they ask me to watch their matches i give them critique and let them know like hey you should have did this you should have did that this would have told a better story if you did this mm-hmm. you were working on you, you were working this body part but you stopped it didn't make sense like you know those are the kind of things that you know i like to do and also that's why i like to go back and watch that old school stuff and, and see how they transition into that you know when they were working the leg how do they transition into you know uh working you know how do they transition into a, a different finish, you know, okay, he worked his leg, okay, so he couldn't do his finish, but then they went here, you know, that's what I like to do, I like to try to figure out, you know, different scenarios and different finishes for all type matches. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you're, if you're really, like you said, you're a Dusty fan, if you want to watch some really nice Dusty matches, some old school wrestling matches, you should look up, I forgot what pay-per-view it was, but probably about 88, 89, I think it's on the network. He had a couple good. He had a good feud there with, uh, I believe, what was it Magnum TA and um, Tully Blanchard, and some some really really historic matches. I I think one of them was like a. I think one was a either a strap match and then one was a cage match or something like that, where it kind of just. It builds and builds and builds and it kind of crescendos into these great matches that they have with the stipulations or, or just matches in general. But um, yeah, that's I, I I tell everybody I'm like whether you watch the current product or not, go out get the WWE Network because you get to see all these old you know WWF pay per views or events or what have you and even into the uh, you know the AWA or NWA. So you can't. You can't go wrong oh, yeah. with that. Hey, that makes, and that's the one thing about a lot of the newer guys. They don't know about that stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, guys, it's right there on the network. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I've, I've been in the back with guys, and I, I've, I've told them, hey, I want to do, we're going to have this match like Dusty Rhodes and such and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never saw that match before. I, oh, I never I never heard of that. And it's like, but it's on the network. Just go back and watch it. Like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. where do you think a lot of these finishes come from? They're doing, they, they've done them already. But mm-hmm. you got to make it your own now. You know, and it makes me mad when a lot of these younger guys, they don't take the time to go back and watch that stuff. They want to watch all the, the car crash matches nowadays. They want to watch these spot matches. And it's like, yeah, those matches are cool, but they didn't have to do none of that back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing you got to ask yourself is, you're going out there each and every night or each and every weekend and you're doing these car crash matches. Here's the question. Could you do that each and every night if you were in the WWE? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said earlier, 
the fans are going to get so used to seeing you do those certain moves, you're going to become boring to them. They want to see something different. So that's why a lot of these guys need to go back and research and watch some of these old school matches, bring back some of these old school moves, bring back some of these old school finishes, so that way they can transition into their matches and make people say, wow, I've never seen that finish before. And then when you see it, if they go back and they watch it, they're like, oh, so that's where that guy got that finish from, from this match. You know, I mean, that's one thing that I can say does bother me is a lot of these guys not knowing, you know, where we get a lot of these different sequences and different moves and different finishes from. They've already been done in the in the, in the 70s and the 80s into the 90s into the Attitude Era. Hmm. We're just trying to bring it back more. We're trying to bring back that old school tradition into, to, into today's new school tradition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, like I said, with. With the promotion that I'm up involved with up here, you see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the younger talent coming in, you know, whether they just started training or what have you, and they get the same question answered to them: Where do you, where do you want to end up? And everybody says WWE, WWE. And recently, there's been a few guys because every once in a while, I'll go up to the training, the training facility, and just kind of just see who's coming up and all that good stuff, but. Um, a couple of the guys are now saying Ring of Honor or New Japan, and that's all well and good, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, you want to go to WWE. You're foolish if you say you don't want to go to WWE. I think that's on everybody's goal. I, I think it's everybody's goal. Mm. I think a lot of the guys, in my personal opinion, from what I've seen over the past couple of years, they don't want to be handcuffed. They don't want to be tied down. They yeah. want to be able to go and do what they want to do. And it's like I tell people, do you go to work every day and do whatever you do? Probably not because you get fired. It's the same way there. They want you to work a certain style. You know that going in. You know when you sign that contract with WWE what you're doing. You know when you go to NXT, you're going to be slowed down. You're going to be taught the WWE way. You're going to have all those bad habits of the independent scene broken. They're going to break you of all those bad habits. That was the one thing that Steve Kerman and Norman, Tarley, Norman Smiley told us. You're going to pick up bad habits on the indies. You're supposed to pick up bad habits. You're supposed to go out there and have bad matches because you got to learn from them. You need to learn from your mistakes. Mm. You need to learn from the, from the people you wrestle. You need to go to that show and experience that show. You need to go out there and learn what are the good shows, what are the bad shows, what are the shows I want to get on. You know, that, that that's one of the things that um, they talk to us, you know, so when a lot of guys say, oh, well, I don't want to go to WWE because I don't want to be heck, I want to do what I want to do, you know, then I don't know what you're looking for because every company's not going to be that way. You know, Ring of Honor's probably got the same kind of rules also. Yeah, you can probably get away with a lot of stuff. Same with New Japan. Yeah, you can probably get away with a lot of that stuff, but there's gonna, they're probably going to tell you what, you what you can and can't do to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I said, I just think a lot of guys look at WWE and they look at it, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. You know, they're going to try to do this. They're going to try to do that. Well, to be honest, that's what they're paying you to do. You know, like you said, you know going in what their intentions are. You know they're going to have you not, you know, you you know going in, you're not going to be doing that 450 to that Canadian show at the top up anymore. You, you just know that. It's not a secret. Mm. That's something you might have been doing in the indies, but you know going in, that's something that you won't be doing in WWE. You know, that's not what they're looking for. I've had a lot of guys say that I've done trials with WWE. They're going to tell you, yeah, we're not looking for the guy that can do a thousand spots. You know, we're not looking for the guys 
that can, you know, do a 450 moonsault. When I looking for that, Robbie Brookside said that to us at the Evolve trial when I went out there in October. That was another thing you brought up. We're not looking for guys that can do 450s or springboard cross body. We got guys that can do that. We're looking for guys and girls that can wrestle, that know the basics, that are going to be safe with our guys and girls in that ring. If we want somebody to go out there and have a car crash match, we already got them. We don't need you for that. And that's what a lot of guys need to understand. When you go out there and do these tryouts for Ring of Honor, for WWE, TNA, New Japan, they're not looking for that guy that can do a cool move off the top rope. They don't care about that. They want to see your basics. They want to know you can bump. They want to know that you can be safe. They want to know that they put you in the ring with a Seth Rollins or a Drew McIntyre on TV for five minutes. You're not going to hurt them. That You're going to make them look the best that you can in those five minutes. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, so and I think that's what a lot of guys are afraid of going to WWE and not being able to be the guy or girl that they were on the independent scene. But again, you know, it's called independence for a reason. You go out there and you learn, you go out there and you pick up different shows to learn those mistakes, because once you get there, they're going to break you of all that. Mm-hmm. And that's their job is to break you. That's their job is to make you better and to show you, hey, you might have been doing it this way for this amount of year. But guess what? You've been doing it wrong. We're going to teach you the proper way to do it. And again, you know, it's not them trying to strip you of your, it's not them trying to strip you of who you are. They're just trying to make sure that you're going to be safe when you get in there with their guys when it gets time to get called up from NFT to the WWE main roster. And I know all that because I also had a trial with WWE back in May. I did the, I did a spot on Raw and then we did SmackDown the next night. That's when we had our five minute tryout and they were letting us know, you know, everybody did good, but you know, you got to remember, we're not looking for those guys that, or girls that can, you know, do all these high-flying, death-defying moves. We're looking for guys and girls that are coachable, that are that know their basics, that can be that can be taught, and that are, that could potentially make us money, and that we can help you make money in the long run as well. Mm. Yeah, because I think a lot of the, you know, you know, growing up watching it as much as I have, and I'm sure you, as you have too. The one thing that, especially with WWE sometimes, and even wrestling in general, you're kind of missing missing a lot of this wrestling being able to tell a story. You know what I mean? You don't see a good storyline anymore because you see a lot of time Time is money. This is this. You got to do the sponsors. You got to do merch. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like, you're not going to have a lot of that anymore, unfortunately. And it, I think it's going to be a hard, a hard way to get it back. So... But with that being said, do you really see that happening? You know, you know, bringing back that old school mentality. I mean, I think I, I think it could be. I think it could happen. But I just think I think now the fans. I think now the fans are just way. They're how can I say it? I don't think a lot of the fans appreciate the old school, in my opinion. You know, I, I think they're so used to these car crash type matches, these, you know, 15, 20 minute, you know, falsy, high flying, get the fine moves that that's all they want to see. You know, they don't want to see a guy going there for five, 10 minutes and, you know, you know, plus, you know, like, like take their time with these matches. They want to see action every, you know, all they want. They want to see bang, 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 bang the whole time and they don't realize these guys can't do that you got to save something for somebody mm-hmm. you know because you got to remember the next match after you might not be able to do that yeah. you know i mean I, I think they're trying to bring back some of that old school tradition 
you know, you, you can I mean, you can see that that that's the direction they're trying to go in. I think they're also trying to get back to that attitude type era because mm-hmm. you know a lot of the fans want that attitude era type back, and that'd be cool. But you know, it, it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because it's been it's been done before. Yeah. You know, it, it's been it's been done before, and you know, um, I, I just feel like you know the fans get get distracted very easily if it's not something that they're into. You know, they're not interested, you know, you know, like like somebody was saying earlier, you know, there were no cell phones back in the day. When you went to a wrestling show, you had to watch the wrestling show. Mm. You know, you didn't you weren't on your phone. You didn't have a tablet. None, you didn't have none of that stuff. Um, you know, back in the day, you had to actually sit there and watch the show and, you know, um, be entertained by it. You know, but now, you, you know, I mean, you see that you, you see it at independent shows, mm-hmm. you know, the fans are just the fans are just so distracted by um every, every, everything that's going on you know i never forget it was a couple of months ago i did a show and i remember when i got in the ring there were a lot of fans on their phones and i remember i yelled out hey if you don't get off your phones i'm not gonna wrestle y'all pay to see a wrestling show get off your phones you know and they thought i was joking but i i completely got out the ring and was like hey if you don't get off your phones i'm not wrestling hmm. and they finally listened and they, and they did it they get off, i watched one guy get off his phone and I kept telling, I remember it was a, a, uh, an older lady, um, she was on her phone, and I was like, hey, if you don't get off your phone, I'm not wrestling, man. You're going to hold this whole show up. You're going to hold the show up, and it's going to be your fault. <laughs> and she got off her phone, and we, and we wrestled. You know, because I told her, like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know, I came here to wrestle, not for y'all to watch. I'm not, my, I came here to wrestle, not to watch y'all on your phone in the audience. Yeah. You know, and I just, like I said, I just think a lot of the fans, they're just so distracted by the action. You know, if, if it's not something that they're interested in, they don't want to be bothered. You know, I think that's like one of the major problems. And it's not just on WWE, it's, it's everywhere. You see it everywhere, you know, on the independent scene. So, you know, I do, but I, I mean, I really could see that old school tradition coming back. Like I said, you see it a lot um, today. Uh, you can see that, like, you know, like like the Revival, they're an old school tag team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're an old school tag team. Um Look at a lot of the other, like a lot of the other young teams. They're really old school type guys. So I just think that the fans really just gave it a chance, and if they really got to learn it, and they really got to study more of it. They would appreciate the old school wrestling mm-hmm. from back in the day, and they can, we can establish it. We can bring it to, um, you know, to uh, back here in 2019, and, and even even beyond. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and you mentioned the attitude era too. There, it's just like it's one of those things where you just kind of um, everybody wants the attitude era to come back, but you have to take into account, you know, different times, different eras, all that good stuff. Go back and watch it first and see if it, it doesn't really hold up that well. It really doesn't. But you know, people want what they want, I guess. <laughs> and, and that's really wanted. People just want what they want. You know, and nothing, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, you got to just understand, you know, you can't, can't always get what you want. You know what I mean? That's just what it really boiled down to. Yeah, definitely. Now, forgive me. I, I could have sworn I saw it in my research when I did. Have you ever, you've been in, a, in the ring before with Victor Andrews, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Because I sat there, I had him on, on, on my, on my other show last year. And <laughs> perfect example of what a great, first of all, what a great talent he is. 
And what Slack, I don't think a lot of people understood who he was when he did it, but that whole Lashley sisters thing he did last year. <laughs> and you know, um, it's just unreal. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you know Victor. Uh, me and Victor first met in 2012. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why I first met him. He was doing a a boxer slash MMA type gimmick. I had just came onto the scene and I was doing a a cocky, arrogant uh, gimmick, uh, playing a smaller guy who was from New York who was just cocky and arrogant, and who just thought that you know he was, you know he was tough. He was she was he was a small guy, but he was tough. He didn't take crap from anybody. And um, you know, me and him met. We had a we had a match together. Our first match together was not good at all, um, and it was it was mainly both of our faults because uh, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, but our next couple of matches were magic. You know, we've wrestled, I want to say a good 10 to 12 times and every match after that has been different. Um, you know, uh, they've been fun. We've learned a lot from each other. Um, we actually became a tag team first generation. Um, uh, Steve Carino, the one that came with the tag team for us. Uh, he's the one that gave us the name. Um, you know, he helped us. Uh, with our first Ring of Honor tryouts and seminars, uh, he helped us get on, um, on on TV with them a couple of years ago. Um, but me and Victor, um, you know, we're really close. We're really close friends. Um, you know, both of our kids. Um, I know his son called me Uncle James. Um, Isaiah is going to be. I know for a fact Isaiah will be calling him Uncle Victor. Uh, that's how close. That, I mean, that's how close we've gotten over the years. Yeah. Um, our, 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 my fiance, his fiance, are good friends. Um, me and him, we don't really travel much like we used to as a team, um, uh, because we felt like we've accomplished what we wanted to as a tag team. We proved that we could be a tag team. And, uh, we really focus in more on our singles careers, but we team up every, we team up every time we get a chance. Uh, we pretty much talk on the phone almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of shows together. Uh, we hang out a lot together. Um, you know, when he was going through some personal stuff and some financial stuff, I would always go over there and pick him up, take him to his shows. Um, or because I, I work for Enterprise, I would help him get rental cars so he mm. could get to his shows. Um, you know, he's always helped me out when I've been in need with some different type things. So, you know, we've grown uh, very close together over the past several years. Um, you know, we've trained together whenever we get a chance. Uh, he's helped me get better in the ring. I mean, he's really, to be honest, he's really the reason why I've become really successful because he's made me, he's, he's made me, he's made me push myself these past couple of years. He's made me come out of my shell. He's made me tougher. And, you know, he's, uh, he's uh, helped me get on some better things. Um, you know, he's, he's been a really, really good friend. You know, you don't have a lot of friends that you can trust in the wrestling game, but he's one for sure that I can say that I, uh, you know, I appreciate more than he could probably think of. Oh yeah, definitely. And, you know, and just by sitting down and even chatting with him for about an hour last year, I'm like, man, this, you know, this guy's got a good head on his shoulders. And you know, if if you follow him as much as I as I do, and I'm sure you do on social media, you know, you get to see all this. He's branding himself. Oh yeah, you know, and that, that's what it really boils down to. You know, he's uh he's always promoting himself. He's always um. You know, if he's not promoting himself, he's uh, trying to help people, other people out uh, in training. Uh, if he's not training, he's with his family. If he's not with his family, he's 
either trying to get on somebody's show, he's trying to promote himself, he's trying to get on somebody's podcast, yeah. he's got promos, he's trying to get on to either one of the bigger companies. I mean, he stays busy. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he stays busy. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, this was a guy who a couple of years ago, you know, was thinking about giving it up because his career wasn't going the way he wanted to go, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember helping him get on some stuff. I remember helping him get out and travel and I can remember helping him get on some different type of shows. And, you know, I can remember just telling him, Hey man, you know, whenever I'm on the road, if you got a spare weekend, hit the road with me. And that's how we got close. You know, mm-hmm. he'd always hit the road with me and I helped him get on some shows and he helped me get on some stuff. And, you know, it just went from there. I mean, he's a good guy. He gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's one of the things. He gets things. on my nerves, but you know, I mean, that's it, it's 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 it, he gets on my nerves in a good way. I'll say, mm. you know, because like I said, whenever whenever I'm feeling down and out, or whenever I don't want to, I, I feel like I don't deserve, or whenever I feel like I deserve to be doing something that's not happening, you know, he'll coach me, he'll talk to me, and he'll push me, and he'll yell at me when I need to be yelled at, and. He'll let me know if I did something wrong, and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll he'll ask me about he'll ask me to watch his matches. I'll ask him to watch mine. He'll critique me. I'll critique him. And you know, he'll, you know, we both have told each other, "Yo, be honest. If you don't mm-hmm. like it, say you don't like it." And we've we, we've done that. You know, we, we've done that. Like, hey, what did you think of my match? Like, well, it was good, but I felt like you could do this better. Yeah. And why did you do this? Or why did you allow yourself to do that? We should do this. And it's the same same way with me. You know, why did you do that? Why did you, and, you know that that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's about helping each other out, maybe helping each other get to that next level. Because, like I say, you know, when you go to these tryouts and you you know you're wrestling somebody that you've never wrestled before for those five minutes, you know, you don't want to make those mistakes. You know, you don't want you don't want to make those same mistakes that you already know everybody's going to make. You want to at least be caught up. You want to at least be one step ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be that guy or girl who makes that same mistake that somebody else just made, you know, five, 10 minutes ago. And then you make it for that 100,000 time and end at the same seminar, same tryout. So, you know, he's always helped me out to get prepared for different things. Um, you know, like I said, whenever I need him, he's there. Whenever he needs me, I'm there for him. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of people thought, that me and Victor, or mostly mainly, people thought that me allowing Victor to hang out with me and help me helping him get on some shows was going to be um, a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people thought that you know, if you letting Victor hang out with you, it's going to make you look bad because you know, a lot of Victor wasn't a very he wasn't the most likable guy when I first met him. You know, and I never understood why people didn't like him. Then it dawned on me, oh. Because he's better than half of y'all. Yeah. You know he doesn't he doesn't take crap from anybody. You know he asks when he says something he does it. You know a lot of people said oh you know you'll never make it. You know in, in to WWE you'll never make it to the big stage and he's been backstage at WWE several times. Mm-hmm. You know they said oh you guys are never gonna go big as a tag team because he's gonna hold you back. But we've held multiple tag team championships. We've won multiple tag team tournaments. You know, we've had multiple tryouts for different companies, you know, and, you know, a lot of people just re- I just realized a lot of people were just jealous. That's what it boiled down to. It was just jealousy. You know, a lot, of, a lot of the guys just didn't like him because he believed in what he was doing. Mm. You know, he didn't just stay in, you know, he didn't just stay at one show. He didn't just stay in one town. He traveled. He got his name out there. He, 
you know, got a fan base. You know, he still his social media, like me, he uses it for the good. Mm. You know, a lot of these guys, like I said, a lot of these guys don't realize what you say in post will affect you later on down the road. You know, um, so you know, and this, you know, like I said, you know, Victor's a really good guy. You know, and I'm very proud of him. I'm glad he's getting the success that he's getting. I'm glad he's getting the opportunities that he's getting because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this was a guy who was really thinking about calling it quits because he didn't really think that at his age, his career was going to get anywhere. And now he's finally getting those opportunities. And, you know, like I said, I couldn't be more proud of him, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt on that, yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned a lot of the current products that you watch. You got WWE, NXT. Do you kind of dabble in anything else, or is it strictly kind of just like a WWE, NXT kind of thing? No, no, no. I, I watch it all. You know, um, WWE, you know, I watch Raw SmackDown. Uh, I watch NXT. You know, I watch, uh, I get Ring of Honor out here every Saturday around 5, and I normally, I'm normally on the road 100% of the time. So I have to DV have to DVR it, so I normally watch it on Sundays um, when I'm at the house. Uh, big Lucha Underground fan. Um, you know, I like Lucha Underground. Um, I'm hoping that they're still going to be around for the, another season because I got some people that want to try to help me get out there to get mm-hmm. a tryout for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm really I'm really hoping that excuse me I'm really hoping that they're going to stick around and everything can work out so I can try to get something going on out there with them in the fall. Um, me and Victor actually are going to go out and do a New Japan tryout here in a couple of weeks uh, out in uh, Kansas City. Okay. Um, it's going to it's going to be for uh, I think Sonny Ono is going to be like one of the guys going to be scouted for his company and I think for his school for a year long scholarship if I'm not mistaken. So me and Victor going to go hit the road for that here in a couple of weeks. Um, I haven't I really don't get a chance to watch the New Japan product. Um, I, I'm, I am trying to get into it. I am trying to learn who some of these guys are, so some of these girls are that are coming in, because you know I, I never really knew much about the uh, the New Japan product um, until I got into the wrestling business. Um, I didn't really know much about the Ring of Honor product until I started wrestling in 2010, because we didn't get that channel here in, in uh, North Carolina. So when I moved to Florida, you know. That's when I really got into Ring of Honor. You know, that's when I started watching their product and stuff like that. Um, but most of the time, I'm not gonna lie, I am watching WWE, uh, especially on the network. Um, I'm, I mostly watch a lot of WWE stuff. Like I said, I do try to watch some WCW stuff because I'm still trying to, you know, catch up on some things. I mean, it sounds crazy to say, "Oh, you're trying to catch up." You know, WCW's been gone for years. Yeah, but. It's new to me. Mm-hmm. I've never seen some of that stuff before. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never, I've never seen those nitros. I've never seen those thunders. I've never seen those pay per views before. So they're new to me. So I'm, you know, normally trying to watch those and, you know, catch up on those and see what all that was about back in the day. And, um, you know, like I said, so, you know, I, but, but like you said, yeah, it's mostly WWE stuff. Um, but I do try to know other products. Um, I do watch TNA. You know. Um, I know I'm at DVR that because I'm mostly not home on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to learn everybody's product because you never know when you might when you might get called out to do somebody's come to somebody's company, and they might want you to be in the ring with one of their guys. And it's not a good look so when somebody says, "Hey, I need you to work. Uh, I, I need you to work Brian Cage." 
uh, he's going to give you, you know, you're going to be in with five minutes. He's going to take all of his moves. And then you go on a back and talk to Brian Cage, and you don't know none of his moveset. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's, not a good, that's not a good look. You know, it's the same way for 205 Live, stuff like that. You know, when they put you on 205 Live or whatever, and they tell you, hey, we're going to put you in the ring with, uh, you know, Tony Nese, um, we need you to go ahead and uh, go put a match together with him, and you don't know none of his moveset. You know, it's kind of like, so do you not watch the product? You know, could you hear a lot of those guys say, you know, oh, yeah, I don't watch 205 Live because, you know, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't interest me. But what's going to happen when you get called up to come out there for that Monday and Tuesday, they like what they see in you on Tuesday before SmackDown, and then they ask you to come work the guy, but because you don't watch the 205 Live product, you don't know not, nothing about the guy. It's not going to be a good look. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely try to watch all the product. Cause I know, I know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I remember when, like I said last year, I was um, I did the Raw in SmackDown back in May, and that's when Andrade Cien Almas came up to SmackDown, mm-hmm. and I noticed that he was, you know, he was working enhancement talent. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I was watching those matches hard, cause I was telling my fiance, I, cause I, I remember I would watch it, and um. You know, I'd be really into it, and I would DVR. I'd go back and watch it again. She's like, "You know, why are you watch this match?" I said, "Because in a couple of weeks, I'm going up to Raw. I'm up going up to WWE, and I got a feeling that might put me in the ring with him. Because if you have, if you noticed, he's wrestling smaller guys. I'm a small guy. They might want me for the spot. Mm-hmm. So I need to know how his moves work. I need to know how he transitions in certain moves. I need to know what these moves are in case I get that opportunity." And they asked me, hey, do you know who Andrade Cien Almas is? And I said, yeah, I would know what I'm going to be doing. You know, it was the same way with um, when uh, No Way Jose was doing the conga line. You know, I would try to see what all they're doing on the conga line. So I already knew, you know, it sounds crazy. But those are some things that you should definitely be looking at. You know, you definitely never just you just never know who you're going to be in the ring with. You know, just because you don't like a certain guy doesn't mean you shouldn't watch that. You shouldn't watch him or her. Yeah. You know, because you want to you want to be prepared. You want to be ready to go. You know, you want to make them look good, but you want to make yourself look good. So they say, yo, I want to bring you back because we want to take another look at you. But we're going to put the ring with this guy this time, uh, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely good to watch all the products because you just never know who's going to what company might get in contact with you mm-hmm. and what they might be having you do when you get there on that day. Yeah. You mentioned Andrade there, you know, I've always, you know, I've never gotten a straight up answer from any of the workers that I work with up here in upstate New York or anybody that I've talked to before. But, you know, I don't know if you've had experience with it, but if have you ever worked with somebody that doesn't speak English very well, like, a, you know, whether it be Spanish or, you know, another a different language? that you try to communicate in the ring or even before when you're trying to call a match. Um, have you ran into that issue? or? I'm sorry, say one more time, sir? When you get in a ring with somebody that you know doesn't speak English very well, whether it be whether they st- strictly speak like a Spanish or, some, or Japanese or something like that, have you ran across that issue or problem before? To be honest, yes, I have. Yeah. Prime example, I wrestled a deaf guy before. Huh. Completely deaf. Now, sounds crazy, right? Yeah. 
probably saying to yourself, or whoever you listen, you're probably saying, how do you wrestle a deaf guy? Let me tell you something. That probably, and I was only two years in the business. Mm. That probably had to be one of the easiest matches I had had up to that point. Really? Because wow. he remembered everything that we called. Everything that we called. Now, was it hard? Yes. Was it a little scary? Yes. Because if you mess up, he can't understand you mm-hmm. at all. So I remember we got to the show. I, they, they told me who I was wrestling. I got there. We went outside. He, well, he, he, he might be deaf. And he knows he's deaf, but I don't think he, it sounds crazy. I don't think he knows that he's deaf. That's mm-hmm. what they, if, I can, if I can say it. Yeah. I don't think he really knew. But he would take his cell he would take his cell phone and he would type out everything. So he would say, This is what I want to do. I'm gonna do this move, and then I want to do this move, and I want I want to do this, and, just, and that's how we call it the match. Mm. You know, and it wasn't that it wasn't hard, you know. Um if I get a chance, remind me, I'll actually send you the match later tonight and let you see it. Yeah. Um you know, it was not a hard match at all. Um, as far as wrestling, somebody who doesn't really speak good English. Uh, let me see. Have I had to wrestle anybody that didn't speak speak good English? Actually, yeah, I have. I, I did have to wrestle a guy that doesn't speak good English. You just pretty much just keep it simple. Yeah. You know, you just keep you just keep it simple. You don't try to call nothing big. You don't try to call nothing. Um, you know, you don't you don't try to call nothing um, too spotty. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep you you keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, to fans, to the fans, they might not understand it, they might not like it, but again, less is more. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you know somebody doesn't speak good English, you don't want to jeopardize yourself. You don't want to jeopardize them. You yeah. know, you want to keep, you want to make sure everybody stays safe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, like I said, you just basically keep it, keep it simple. You know, you let somebody, uh, you know, you let them. You let them call the match to you, maybe. You know, you ask them what they want to do. Um, I know some people have translators, um, and they'll, they'll have the guy translate for you. Um, I take that back. Yes, I have actually. To be honest with you, yes, I have wrestled somebody um, who didn't speak the English. There's a show out here in North Carolina where it's pretty much a um, it's pretty much a Hispanic show, you mm-hmm. know, but they like to bring in. Uh, different, different type. They like to bring in different, um, different wrestlers. And one of the guys that I wrestled didn't speak English, so he had to have one of the younger guys translate it for us. And you know, the match didn't really go that great. Um, he wasn't used to somebody wrestling of my style, mm-hmm. so we had to keep it simple. We had to take it home a little early because he got confused with some stuff. And those things are gonna happen. You know, those the, those are things that's gonna happen. In the business, and that's just something that you gotta get used to, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like again, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, don't call too much. You know, if you know if that promoter tells you, "Hey, I want you to go ten minutes with so and so," but his English isn't great, keep it under five minutes. You know, if he asks you, "Hey, man, I, I want you to go 10 Well, he didn't speak. He didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to hurt me. We took it home a little early. You know, sometimes they'll understand, and so sometimes they won't. Yeah. But you know, my my thing is, I've always, like I said, I've always been taught, keep it simple, keep it safe. You know, um, don't do don't do anything that could harm you or your opponent. You know, don't do anything that can turn into 
a really bad situation, you know. Um, I'll be honest, I'll wrestle anybody. You know, I don't care. I'll wrestle anybody once, you know. And if I like you, and if I like what we did, you know, I'll, I'll never try to work you again. But if we have a bad match, and I, I just feel like we didn't connect, we didn't have good chemistry, probably won't wrestle you for a while, you know. So, um, that's the kind of guy I am. I'll wrestle you one time. I don't care. Deaf, young, old, Hispanic, English, no English. Doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't discriminate. You know, I like to wrestle. Um, I mean, that's the only way you can learn. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, that's another thing. You know, that's another thing. You know, you need to learn how to wrestle different style. You need to learn how to wrestle. Um, you know, different places. I research all the guys that I wrestle. You know, once a promoter tells me, "Hey, I want you to come in and wrestle Joe Blow," I go and look up Joe Blow's matches. And then, and then when we get to the back, I'll tell him, hey, man, I saw you wrestle this guy. I want you to do this because I got a good way for to transition into this. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that, that it's always good to it's always good to wrestle different people. It's always good to learn how to wrestle different styles because you never know what type of style a promoter might want you to work or you never know what type of style somebody else might work. You know, you might be, you know, I'm, I guess, you know, people consider me new school. But I like to wrestle old school. I like, I like to wrestle an old school style. You know, some guys like to wrestle lucha style. So, you know, you got to learn lucha style, you know. Um, some guys like to wrestle strong style. So you got to learn how to wrestle strong style. There's so many different styles of wrestling that you, that you can work that I think a lot of guys and girls need to learn how to do because you just never know what show you might go to and who you might have to wrestle and what style that person might work, you don't know what, um, you never know what, uh, what, dif- what, what if that person expects, you said, if that person speaks English or not, you know, uh, you need to learn all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something you see, you don't see a lot, you know, a lot of kind of behind the scenes kind of thing as far as that goes, but, um, you know, start to wind down a little bit, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the dust is settled, Isaiah's all grown, and, you know, you're thinking about, hey, maybe it's going to be time to hang him up. At the end of the day, you know, down years down the road, what do you want your legacy in the business to be, or would like it to be? remembered as the guy that people um I want to be remembered as a guy that that put on a good show for people you know I want to be remembered as that guy that was not difficult to work with I want to be remembered as that guy that went in there and did whatever he was asked to do he never complained he never bitched to he was there and he did whatever he was asked to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to know that no matter what I was going through, no matter what I did, no matter what kind of situation was going on in my life, you know, I still came out there and um, put on a good match, put on a good show. Mm-hmm. I want to be remembered as that guy that everybody, um, everybody loved to be around. You know, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of guys tell me, you know, you know, I was having a bad week at work, and then I saw you post something, or I saw you say this, or you came in the locker room, you did this, and I just, 
you just made me feel so much better. Or I was having a bad week and we got in the ring. We got to, I found out I was wrestling you and I just knew we were going to have a good match. And we went out there and we had a good match. You know, I want to be remembered as that guy that Mm -hmm. no matter what, I was that, I was a a fun person for people to be around. You know, I don't want to be remembered as that guy that people couldn't stand or that people felt like, oh, he thought he was better than us because he had this opportunity and that opportunity. No, I want to remember that as, I want to remember that that gave those encouraging words of wisdom. I want to remember that as a guy who, uh, uh, you know, I cannot say all the time, if it all ended today, if I couldn't wrestle no more as of today, you know, I would not be upset. You know, I've, I've accomplished so much. Mm. I got to wrestle in a ring of honor ring. I got to, you know, I got to go and wrestle in Puerto Rico. You know, I got to hold multiple championships. I got to travel up and down the roads. You know, I got to get in the ring with legends. You know, I got to get in the ring with Hall of Famers. You know, my 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 grandmother has seen me wrestle. My mom and dad have seen me wrestle. You know, pretty soon here, Isaiah is going to be coming to the show and watching Dad wrestle, and mm. I'm going to be his hero. You know, and you know, I want to be remembered as that guy that made people. I made, I made you laugh when it was time to laugh. I pissed you off when I was when it was time for me to piss you off. I want to be remembered as that guy that I that people know. Well, whenever he was on, he did his job. Mm. You know, whenever he was on TV, he he did whatever. You know, he 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 was my hero. Or I couldn't stand him. You know, and that's what I want people to remember. You know, I was the guy that did whatever was needed of me. I didn't complain about it. I didn't cry about it. You know, I didn't care who I was putting over. You know, I didn't care that hey, I need you to put over Joe Blow. He was, was on the for two weeks, but I want you to put him over. I want people to know, hey, he did whatever I asked him to do, and I never had any any bad things to say about him. You know, I just want to be remembered as that guy that was very respectable. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much all I can say. Yeah. No, that's definitely, you know, it's a good way to go about it. And, you know, definitely, you know, before we close shop, I just want to, first of all, you know, thank you for making time for me. You're a bit busy guy. You know, obviously with with Isaiah being born with last week, you know, you got a lot of, you got on your plate, and I appreciate you making time for me. Oh, no, man, anytime, man. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I was looking forward to this, you know, but like I said, I, I really want to get on more podcasts. I really want to, um, you know, I really wanted to show people, I, I, really, I really want to get my story out. Not, not a lot of people know about James Anthony. I mean, people do, but people don't know, you know, what I've, what I've been through to get here. You know, people don't know that I dealt with depression for a couple of years. Uh, people don't know that. You know, like I said earlier, I had a miss. Me, my fiance, we had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You know, people people don't know that um, I, I've been on the road to show. I've been on the road to shows and didn't have the gas money sometimes to get back. And you know, I was able to you know, you know, count up a couple of dollars and um, you know, get back home. You know, a lot of guys and girls don't know that. You know, I've been involved with. A shoot or two in the ring where things got pretty serious, mm-hmm. and uh, me and the guy, me and the guy had words in the back. You know, I mean, since a lot of things that people don't know that I want to get out there. I want people to know who I, where I came from, and you know, I want people to know that um, you know this is not going to be an easy road. Mm-hmm. You know, wrestling is not an easy road, like you said. I got a little boy now. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to make time for him and wrestling. You know, me and my fiance, 
you know, we're going to be getting married soon. And, you know, I'm about to juggle all of this. Yeah. You know, you got to make time for all this, you know. So, it's a, it, I mean, like I said, if, if we ever get a chance to talk again, you know, there's a lot more things I want to get out there. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about my experiences after I left the training ground. You know, what it was like getting on the independent scene, what it was like being told how I'm not going to make it as a wrestler because I'm too small, you know, and how, you know, guys told me that maybe it'd be better if I wanted, you know, maybe if I should be a referee. You know, I want to tell about how my first actual wrestling match took place in somebody's front yard of a show. You know, there's a lot. I have, a, trust me, I have a story that I could tell for days to make people go, wow, I had no idea you, you went through all this to get here, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I said I want to get on more podcast. I would love to come back on your show and, sure. you know, talk about some of my experiences and, you know, just, uh, you know, just let, 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 let the guys and girls know out there what it's really like for a lot of us wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, what we have to go through and what we have to endure before we make it big time. You know, a lot of people, I don't think a lot of, I don't think a lot of guys tell the story like they should, you know, they, you know, a lot of the fans see us and they think, oh man, you know, you, you know, you're the, the AIWF Atlantic heavyweight champion, or you're the AI former AIWF world cruiserweight champion. And you know, that must be cool. Yeah, but you didn't know how I got here. You know, mm. you didn't know that when I moved into my first home, I didn't have money to pay for the heat, to put the heat on in the house. And I had to sleep in my house the first two days in the freezing cold. And I never told anybody, mm. you know, there's a lot of things a lot of people don't know about me that want them to know, you know, yes, I'm, you know, my life is good now. You know, I can't complain. I got a little healthy little boy that I love to death. You know, he cries a lot, <laughs> but Hey, you know, I'm, I'm like I tell people, I'm ready. I'm ready for this new journey in life of being a father. You know, I've wanted this for a long time. Speaking of which, people don't know that my real dad wasn't around until I became 27 years old. And my stepfather raised me from the time I was three until now. You know, there's so many things I want people to know about me. I don't want nobody to feel sorry for me. I just want people to know where I come from and yeah. what I went through to be here and, you know, what it's like now and how, how I've changed from, from then to now, you know, and, I, and that's what I like to do. I like to, I like to give out my story more because I, you never know what I might say, how my story might encourage somebody else to come forward and say, well, Hey, this is what I went through. And I went through the same situation. And, you know, it's because of what you said and what I heard from you, you know, you've inspired me to live this dream of doing this and doing that, you know? So, that's what I want to do. I just want to keep continuing to get my story out there yeah. as much as I can to encourage other people and, you know, just keep living the dream also. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? The door is always open for you to come on back and, uh, you know, we'll chat a lot about that stuff. We can just figure out this being part one of the story of uh, James Anthony and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, and I know there's a lot more good stuff to come. Uh, obviously with you, obviously with your fiance and Isaiah and obviously with your wrestling career as well. So, you know, just take last few moments, you know, plug social media, ways people can get a hold of you, ways people can book you, all that good stuff. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, 87 James Anthony. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, on my fan page at James Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Voodoo KM. 21 on youtube i post all of my matches up there every sunday um they normally try to go i know i normally try to get everything up before 5 p.m on sunday so that way everybody who has missed 
the show for the weekend, excuse me, can sit down and watch the show, watch my matches. Um, you know, maybe you were going to come to a show because I was wrestling a certain person, but you couldn't make it. So I'm going to try to get my matches up for the fans. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, 1987jam. Um, there's just so many different ways you can get up with me. Um, you know, um, like I said, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, if you want to, you know, like I said, uh, you can hit me up on my, my fan page if you want to book me. Um, you know, I'll respond, I know I'll respond back pretty quick as I can. Uh, you can hit me up on my personal page if you're a promoter. Um, on James Miranda, and we can talk business there. Um, you know, so uh, I'm willing to willing to travel. Hmm. Um, you know, travel is not an issue. Um, I'm willing to, uh, you know, make it a weekend type deal. You know, I'm, you know, I don't mind working a Friday event, a Saturday event, Sunday event. You know, um, stuff like that. Uh, just looking to get out there more. Definitely, like I said, I definitely want to try to get upstate more. Mm-hmm. Definitely get into that New York market, that New Jersey market, that Maine, Kentucky type market. So, um, you know, RJ, if you know any promoter looking for some new fresh talent, man, send it my way. Yeah, definitely. I'll um I'll keep you abreast of the uh you know if I get anybody that I know downstate or up here in New York that uh you know is not overbooked or what have you you know because sometimes you as you know sometimes that happens. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, James, I appreciate you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you on finally, and uh, you know go spend time with that little guy of yours and uh, you know best of luck to to you to him and to. Uh, to your fiance there and the whole family. Thank you, man. Like I said, let's definitely let's uh, keep in touch. Definitely. Let's get back on, and next time we can dive in to um, the life of Jane Miranda. How about that? Works for me, my man. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you, Arja. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to coming back soon. Anytime, man. Hey guys, it's Ryan from The Blade Job, and I hope you either enjoyed or about to enjoy this episode of Revisionist Booking. But when you're done that, come on over, check out The Blade Job. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at The Blade Job Show. Hey Scott, where can we follow you? You can follow me at Blade Job Perkins. Hey John, where can we follow you? At- That's great, man. Thank you very much. Please go check out The Blade Job and enjoy the Revisionist Booking. I'm sorry, John, you can talk now. You can find me at... Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, I just want to say a big thank you to uh, James Anthony for coming on the show tonight. Uh, such a great pleasure to sit down with uh, with him finally. We've chatted so much time uh, over, uh, over uh, Twitter, excuse me. And uh, whether it be DMing or tweeting or whatever, so it was finally great to, you know, finally meet meet him online, quote unquote. Um, and then I do honestly, I have to apologize. I was a little under the weather, if you cannot tell, a little bit of a head cold this afternoon. But I appreciate you for sticking through it, listening to this great episode. Um, most likely, we're definitely gonna have James and Anthony on again later on. Consider this part one, and then part two. Obviously, we'll delve a little bit more into. The man, James Anthony, the man, James Miranda. Um, And then hopefully down the road, we have uh, a lot more interesting stories about him as well. Um, So if you want to hit up all their social media, that'd be fantastic. Hit us up at Revisionist Book on Twitter. 
hit me up at Krasinski RJ and hit Michael up at Michael Berry Sr. Head over. We have great new apparel at uh, at uh, what for apparel store. Uh, you have you can go to uh, revisionsbooking.com forward slash store. We just came out today with some great coffee mugs. Uh, we have a new shirt out there with uh, numerous colors. We still also have our uh, our uh, uh, other shirts as far as your Golden Voice shirt, your A for Effort shirt, as well as the Magical Voice shirt. So I would definitely recommend you checking out those as well. And just released today, we are doing a promotion now until, well, pretty much until we don't want to do it anymore. Um, if any shirt that you buy, any one shirt that you buy with proof of purchase and uh, you let us know, whether it be myself or Michael, uh, just you can send it to our Twitter accounts. Every one shirt that you buy, you will be able to choose the topic that Michael and I rebook on revisionist booking. Every two or more shirts and or coffee mugs that you buy, uh, with proof of purchase as well, two or more will get you a guest host spot on revisionist booking to rebook a pay-per-view or event of your choice. Uh, so that could be a t-shirt and a mug, two t-shirts, two mugs. You know, I don't have to tell you all the different varieties that you can have for two or more. So with that being said, head over there to revisionsbooking.com forward slash store and check out our great apparel store that we have with our great friends over at Waffle Apparel and Kayfabe Tees. Josiah, Adam over at Kayfabe Tees do a fantastic job. So good, give them a follow. As well as give our great friends uh, Lee and his team over at Wrestling Travel a follow as well at Wrestling Travel. If you have any type of dream of going to a WrestleMania, a SummerSlam, heck, even a, a New Japan, hit my guys up, our guys up at Wrestling Travel, and they will make your experience simply phenomenal. But until then, you're welcome and let. The Revisionist Revolution begin. Good! Bad! Okay, I'm Matt Willis, and this is Graham Bagshaw. <laughs> Welcome, me kid! What am I supposed to do? You just introduced me. <laughs> this should be the trailer. This is it. Listen to us Fridays on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. <laughs> At- That's it. That's it. That's going. Send it out right now. <laughs> And it's always PG. We're out of here. <laughs> that is the trailer. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>